Who wants to see me jump on the pogo stick? You need to get out more. Welcome to the Laugh All Night Green Room. I'm your host, Tim DeTellis. And on today's episode, we welcome into the green room, Max Winfrey, stunt comedian. The guy can throw things across the stage like crazy. So let's step into the green room and enjoy this conversation with Max Winfrey. Max, how's it going? Good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing fine. Man, I'll tell you. Being on the road with you is a different level of energy because whenever I've been with you, I feel intimidated by your strength because you're not just a stand-up comedy act or guy that juggles machetes, but you're in extreme fit shape. And so I'm, I'm always intimidated by that, especially when I sit across from you at a restaurant. Man, I don't feel that way at all. I, I like the gym. I'm kind of a gym rat and have been since I was a kid. That gives me an edge on trying to stay in shape as I really enjoy it. You probably have to stay in pretty good shape because with your performance, you're very much in an athletic stance all the time. I mean, you're throwing stuff around. It really helps. I've, I've noticed um, as you age, you know, being able to keep your agility, your flexibility, alertness, the quick strength that you can grab, like reactionary strength. There's different types of strength. Sometimes you muster strength, but when it's already there, it feels good. I know that if anyone has seen you live, they know that you juggle some heavy objects. There's an object that you juggle that you would say is probably the hardest one to handle. What would it be? Uh, I open with uh, juggling three and four tennis rackets. And because you're only, you know, grabbing and releasing and flipping them milliseconds, it takes a lot of strength. That forearm movement of tossing them, triple and quad spins up in the air. The fast, quick, and release, it wears your arms out really fast. So that routine actually lasts uh, five or six minutes sometimes. So hmm. I get tapped and it just I can feel if I'm in the gym working right, I feel good all the way through that routine. But if I don't have that strength there, I really have to bear down hard and, uh, <laughs> and I have to think a lot more about technically what's going on rather than just having it happen naturally. I met a little girl during the intermission. I want to try to bring her up. Do we have uh, Zoe still awake out there? Give her a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Here she comes. <laughs> Hi, sweetie. First of all, where are you from? Earth. Oh, hey, guys. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Come on, Zoe. Now, we're going to teach you a little balancing trick. This is called the Rollabola. The object here, stand on top of the green board as it sits across the free-rolling cylinder. <laughs> okay, just jump right up there. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> can you say civil action suit? <laughs> I bet mommy can. <laughs> Let's take it slow, sweetheart. Stand on that side facing me. Both feet up on the board. Here you go. Here it is, folks. Human catapult. <laughs> I'm just joking around. Let me explain how it works. You have your left foot on this side, your right foot on this side, and we roll you up onto the cylinder. Now, since this is probably your first time on this kind of thing, you're going to feel very unstable. That's why I'm going to move back out of the way. <laughs> So sitting in the green room, we can kind of get a behind-the-scenes angle. 
what workout routine do you have or what exercise do you do? I do a lot of curls. I do forearm curls. So there's reverse curls that work on like the um, other parts of the forearm, the top part of your forearm and prevent tendonitis and that kind of thing. And uh, bench press, some of those moves like uh, military press over the head, working your shoulders. Uh, I've taken some falls, you know, I do this, the tall unicycle in the act and over the years, you do thousands of shows, there's going to be something that's going to happen, equipment, malfunction, or whatever, where you're going to fall. And I just realized that having strength overall and flexibility, you can roll with the punches more. You can take a fall even in your older age. Whereas if you're not in the gym, you don't have all that padding of muscle, the circulation good, you're much more prone for injury. I took a fall a really bad fall a couple of years ago off the tall unicycle backwards, landed on my low back. I landed on the mic pack. Wow. The little uh, transmitter pack that you wear on your belt for wireless mics. And all of my weight, I came from six or eight feet in the air. I came down and landed on that thing. And the calculations are, because I weighed like 180 pounds, by the time I hit the floor, I weighed 2,000 pounds. And all that landed on that little pack. Oh, my gosh. And, man, I didn't throw my back out. I wasn't fractured. I had a bad bruise there. Got up real fast, and I had to reassure the audience. This was a family show on Disney Cruise Line. It's scary to see somebody fall like that. My immediate worry was children and families in the audience are going to be freaked out by what they just saw. So I'm trying to convey the message. I'm okay. I'm sorry you saw that. And I have theories on why it happened. Usually before a fall like that, you get a warning that your foot would be slipping on the pedal or some other thing would happen. Like you'd feel a wet surface on the floor, but I didn't have any of those. I had no warning. So it hasn't happened since. I've been very blessed, but I don't wear that mic in the center of my low back anymore. I wear it off kind of to the side. So if I did fall in a similar fashion, I wouldn't have all that landing in that small area. Uh, but I was very blessed to walk away from that with just bruising. Wow. You do thousands of shows, you get in your car thousands of times, there's going to be at least a fender bender or two over the years. I need a child to sacrifice, I mean a child to help out. Let's get a little boy. Got a little boy out there? Right here. Come on up here, son. Give him a round of applause, everybody. Come on. Hey. What's your name? What's that? Hi, nice to meet you. Here's my problem. We have a lot of skeptics in the audience. These people think I use a fake bowling ball. Do me a favor. Pick that sucker up. Weigh it in your hands. Is it real? It is real. Okay. Set it on the floor. Roll it back to me. Catch this one. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Oh. Oh. You poor thing. Are you okay? I am so sorry. But that was fun for the rest of us, so I had to do it. Let's get you to the restroom. Come on. Give a round of applause. Walk it off. It's comedy. You're going to be okay. Obviously, you've been in this profession now for decades, and most people may not know, but you have a Guinness Book World Record. Ten years ago, I set a Guinness World Record for axe juggling. It's the full-size wood-splitting axes. In fact, you have to demonstrate they split wood before you actually do the record attempt. 
it was like a, a childhood dream, you know, to be in the Guinness Book. As I got older and learned how to juggle, then the new dream was becoming a professional juggler or comedian. And I had let go of the Guinness Book thing. Well, after, you know, decades of being in show business, I saw a record that I thought maybe I could break. And so I started toying around with it and I was able to break it. Actually, the Guinness Book is a different thing than just having a Guinness World Record. They have so many records they keep track of, they don't have room in the book. Oh, wow. But I was very blessed in 2015, the year I broke that record. It was, it was the 2015 book, I think. That was like a huge big deal, have your name in the book. It was really a cool thing. A question I like to ask about maybe a mistake or a lesson that you have learned over the years that have made you better. I think since we're in the green room and we're talking to a lot of show business guys, I've had so many things happen, things that can go wrong, go wrong on stage over the years. I think the main thing I've learned is to keep your head. Hmm. You know, I know you had a similar situation. I think you took a tumble, right? Yeah, I, I did fall off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> And I think I saw the video of that. You handle it really well. What do you mean by keep your head? In show business, or if you're a comedian, you're kind of a hunter. You're doing your act, but you're always looking for the game to pop up where you can do an ad lib or roll with something unexpectedly that the audience member does, and you can get the laughs. And that's the thing. If you keep your head and you remain calm, you know, where it can be comedy gold. I think I've learned over the years is to relax. So look at the audience as your friends mm. and, you know, keep your head and wait for your opportunities that because they come up and they're, a lot of them are unplanned. Was there a time when you didn't keep your head and that maybe made you realize I probably should be? I think the thing that really hurt me was I was a street performer for a long time when I was really young. And street performing is just a different animal. You're trying to get make money off the hat and you don't want to lose people. You don't want to give them an opportunity to think about walking away. So if there's any kind of lull in your show, a lot of times they'll all of a sudden they'll they'll hit the clicker. You know, for what like they're watching TV, they'll switch channels, they'll walk away. So that forces you to rush. And that's not good when you're on stage. So once I I totally transitioned out of street performing and I was Trying to get rid of that rushing habit was really hard. How about this? Machete juggling. While jumping on the pogo stick. Up close for your viewing pleasure. <laughs> it's bad. Shishka boy. Oh, by the way, I know we have, uh, we have children watching tonight. Kids, listen to me. Machete juggling while jumping on your pogo stick at home. Extremely dangerous. Please, you be careful when you try this yourself. <laughs> by the way, I'm available for children's parties. If you'd like to see me after the show, I'd like to... Some neat chemistry experiments I like to teach the children. Of course, I'm joking. Children, do not try this. Have a parent do it for you. Okay, for my next trick. When you're sitting in the green room waiting to take the stage, do you have any kind of routine you go through or 
you know, what's happening kind of inside your heart and mind before you step out to perform? I guess I really try to just relax and be in the moment. You know, there's so much out of your control when you're performing. I think more about sound, mic issues that are out of my control. And sometimes I'm, I don't know, I'm distracted sometimes by that stuff. Because I know I've been doing my stuff a long time and I know what I kind of have a, a control over. But the environment is so important. You know, you go to a corporate show and they'll have the stage set up and they'll have a huge dance floor in front of you and chairs way beyond that. And so, you know, for comedy, comedy is an intimate experience. And, and when that audience is seated really far away, you're almost doomed. <laughs> so I'm trying to solve issues like that. Like I would be really pulling teeth and doing what I had to do to move all those tables and chairs up close to the stage, regardless of what some meeting planner thinks. I'd be just on it, you know, like, hey, I'd be offering to move them back after the show, whatever it is, I would just be doing everything I can to prevent bad circumstances. If it's a show where everything is great, and it looks like everything's going to click. Yeah, just relaxing backstage. I'm not one of those people that gets overly nervous. I try to walk out there and be relaxed and be myself. And for new guys that are coming up, I would say that comes with time and experience. You get more comfortable. You're showing up for work. You're not going out there with in a life and death situation and worried about dying in front of people. (laughs) You get over that. It gets better with time, I think. No, definitely. And I think too, every stage opportunity teaches you, you know, whether it's feedback from the audience or one joke or one bit may be super funny. Another one may be, oh, I can actually revise that. You actually welcome the feedback. I have a really goofy persona on stage where I'm having fun with the audience. It's almost like a party sometimes. So I'm so into trying to be in the right mood when I walk out there and be positive. Right. Otherwise that'll translate. I did a TV show one time. I won't go into it, but there was some kind of argument kind of happening in front of me right before I walked out there. And it was just, it was hard to just move on. And Right. Yeah. Can you guys have a fight offset? <laughs> exactly. So how did you get your start in comedy, Max? I was at a summer camp and I saw a juggler at a theme park and he was, he was a good juggler, but he was funny. Before that, I was always a fan of the Harlem Globetrotters. Okay. I just love the fact that they were so funny and could entertain people, but yet they were amazing with all these trick shots. They weren't just athletes out there who could play at a high level. They were athletes at a high level that could make people laugh. That totally blew me away. So when I saw the juggler doing the same kind of thing, but he was by himself, I thought, well, that's for me. I'm not a basketball guy, but I love skills and and tricks and things that look amazing. I had to learn juggling right away. It took me like two weeks to learn how to juggle. I've seen some people pick it up in just a couple of minutes. (laughs) It's, It's amazing to me. I actually did a little bit of a show, I think, at the summer camp while I was there because it was like a two-week camp. And then people started asking for shows around the community. And so I'm doing little things here and there. And my buddy, who was my next door neighbor, he was a drummer. He said we should put together a show for the junior high talent shows. He did his drumming and backed me up while I did my shenanigans. The junior high crowd, they go nuts. So that really eggs you on. That was really the spark of the beginning. Then I think it was within two years, I was 16 at that time. My buddy also who had ribbed me on for the talent show, he said, man, you should really entertain or get a job at a theme park. And they're having auditions. Kings Dominion, which is a theme park 20 miles from us, was having auditions for 
performers. And I thought, no way. I went and auditioned. There was one guy behind a desk and I had my little grocery bag of props. <laughs> I, started, I started entertaining this one guy and he's just laughing and howling and he's, you know, he's enjoying it. I didn't really think much of it. And then they called back and they said, you've got the job. And then, you know, my dad, he didn't really want me to do that kind of thing. So that was the big hurdle was getting my parents to say yes. You know, I had to have their signature for the contract. That was the real battle. But they came around. And so I had a job when I was 16. And every summer in high school, it was the greatest six days a week uh, throughout the summer and weekends in the spring and weekends in the fall. So how many years now you've been in live performing? Well, that first summer job was 81. So that was summer work. So we're 40 years now. Congratulations. 40 years. Hip, hip, hooray. That's amazing. And full time since 85. So when it comes to comedy and performance, obviously you're building show elements. It's not just stand-up comedy too. What are some of your favorite kind of writing techniques or what are some of your favorite comedy writing practices? I like situation comedy. For instance, I do a knife throwing act. I pull a guy from the audience to do it with. I'm very skilled at knife throwing, but comedy is where you make your money in this business, you know. Okay. Just being able to bring someone from the audience who you do not know what they're going to do. That whole routine is roughly an 8-minute routine. And so I'm setting psychological traps along the way. I, at one point I'm doing a sketch of the person on a board to to throw knives at their sketch on the premise of I know you're uncomfortable, you don't know me from Adam. I want you in my knife throwing act, but I'm going to prove to you first that I'm actually good at knife throwing. What's your name? Max Winfrey. Max, yeah. what do you do? Knife throwing tonight. Let's see what you do. Whoop, sorry. Oh. <laughs> we'll throw the knives around your silhouette. If all goes well, we'll put you back up here and do it for real. Okay. I could chalk you into no. getting up here on the no. night at this point. No way. I'll tell you what, it's important to have a backup plan. Let's have Nick on the back side. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Cannon. Yeah! I did not see that coming. Nick, that was phenomenal on your part. I was praying. So there's comedy all in the sketches and then how they look, the art, and then how they react. There's other routines I do that are similar where I bring people up, I'm trying to test them at a skill, and whichever way their reaction goes, the comedy goes. So a lot of it is instinctual, and I'm kind of scheming to get things to go in a certain direction. So when you see my show, and if you see it several times, it will look a lot like these things are happening for the first time on stage. But in in essence... I'm kind of steering the ship and you don't know that I'm the pilot. Some of the the comedy actually will come to me on stage. I'm trying to build tension and then there's surprise. I listen a lot too to people. I was, I was standing at a buffet line. This was on a ship, a cruise ship I was working in. These two ladies were marveling about this spa that they'd been to on board the ship where they got a, a, a massage. So I thought, wouldn't it be great to give away a massage in my show? 
And so I started doing that line as I would use, you know, a lady in the show. I would dismiss her afterwards and thank her and get milk the applause for her from the audience and say, hey, for being a great sport, you want a free onboard massage. And then people would applaud again. And then we'd die down and I would turn back to the lady as she's walking back to her seat. And I would say, what time would you like me to come by your cat? <laughs> Huge laugh. Typically, I would pick someone that's married. So then I'm doing a back and forth with the husband. Like, sorry, sir, I'm worried about he's going to you know, come punch me or whatever. But that comedy was totally because I was standing in line listening to these two people talk about a marvelous massage. Throw me the first club. Go. Perfect. Next club. Excellent. Last one. Coming back at you. Let's struggle together. Ready, go. Oh, you're good. Faster. Yeah, I'm up here. I'm not going to fall for that, young lady. Last one. Take two. What? That was incredible. Who are you? All right, if you're done, I'd like my clubs back. And my show as well. Give Abigail a round of applause. Great job. I want to dive into three questions I like to ask, which are, I'll say them all at once, and we'll go back and grab each of them and hear your response, which is the first, I, I mean, I'm intrigued about this one for you, Max, uh, your favorite candy or snack. This could be the longest part of our segment here. Great. Number two will be your favorite destination in the USA. I mean, you've had 40 years of performing live. Three, your favorite amusement park ride. So let's go back to number one. Max, what's your favorite candy or snack? I love Famous Amos chocolate chip cookies. I'm a pretty simple guy. I love chocolate chip cookies of any kind as long as they're good. I recognize, like, what is my kryptonite? You know, what is my downfall of overindulging? And so a lot of times I don't, I don't go to the stuff I really like. I go to the stuff I like a little less, and I can control those. That's not kryptonite to me. I still enjoy a chocolate chip cookie, but I don't have to sit there with a whole box of, of Famous Amos. So no, fa- Famous Amos doesn't have just one flavor. I know that. I, I know this from personal experience, my friend. So what, which cookie? Is it just a straight up chocolate chip? Yeah, but I can do that double chocolate too. So favorite destination in the USA, Max? Oh man, I love Mount Rainier National Park in uh, Washington State. I, I can almost know that place like the back of my hand. You know, that's a, a, a long time inactive volcano. I mean, it, it's got a uh, crater at the top. It's blown up in hundreds of years earlier. And of course, they're always worried about that around Seattle, that, that thing would blow and you know, it could cause a lot of destruction around Tacoma. And, you know, those are the old growth forests up there in the Northwest with 400-year-old trees in some areas. So it's, it's majestic. I would recommend people go there because it's snow-capped mountain year-round, 14,000 foot. I think it's about the highest, one of the highest peaks in the U.S., if not the highest. Do you have a favorite amusement park ride? Oh, man. I worked in theme parks so much, I kind of was over I'd ridden so much, and uh, King's Dominion Theme Park was the first place I worked at. They had a couple of roller coasters. They had one, the Rebel Yell, and then they had one called the Grizzly. The Grizzly would really rattle you. It was an old wooden roller coaster. Oh, yeah, those are cool. They actually shake left to right. You're not in good shape. How do you survive this without, like, concussion and, 
you know, broken back. There was another one in um, Bush Gardens, the old country in Virginia as well. That was another theme park, and it's called the Loch Ness Monster. That was a steel roller coaster. And I think it was one of the first steel. I'm not sure about that. You know, it had loops and things. I never would have thought you to be a roller coaster guy for some reason. I don't know. That does surprise me, but I like it. You remember those rides? There were there were swings on long chains. Okay. And they would take you up and twirl you around on these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a swing, kind of a spinning swing set. Everybody's hanging on chains and it would whip you out really wide. That was just simple, but it felt like you were flying because you were by yourself in the chair. We had one that was cool at the theme park. It was called uh, the King Cobra, and I think that's gone now too. But for a while, that was the ride. It was just one track. It was steel, and you would go and loop and then go up high on the, the hill, and then you would come backwards, and you would do the same loop again backwards. The propulsion was one of those things I think they used on the aircraft carriers. So you would go zero to 60 or whatever the speed was in like, I don't know, like a, a, a second or, or a half a second. I mean, it was, it was an amazing thrill of the takeoff. You were like coming out of a gun. It was pretty cool. That's intense. You do have a, a little bit of an adrenaline side. You get so much juice out of performing. Mm-hmm. I do this trick where I juggle three tennis rackets in one hand and it's really hard. And when I do a, a smooth run, like first try with it, and I'm on to the next trick. It's really, you get a lot of juice out of that. You're getting the last, but yet you're able to execute the tricks. It's a big rush. The roar of laughter is an addictive thing. I always try to warn comics and people coming up. You got to be careful with that drug. It's it's addictive. Well, I enjoy laughing with you, and I, I'm really grateful that we're able to share some fun time on the road with the Laugh All Night Comedy Tour and Can't wait to continue to travel across the country together, Max. And nonetheless, keep chatting about all these great times we're sharing together. I really appreciate you and all you do to to support comedy and keep guys out there working. And But more importantly, it's the purpose that you have for your life that impresses me. And I'm just happy that I get to be out there and being a part of it. It's very inspiring. Well, thanks, Max. And uh, thanks for hanging out today in the green room. I really enjoyed our conversation. You bet, buddy. Thanks for listening to the Laugh All Night Green Room. I'm your host, Tim DeTellis, and stay tuned for future episodes with comedians that are on tour with Laugh All Night, coming to a city near you. For upcoming shows and events, visit laughallnight.com and follow us at Laugh All Night on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and we will keep the comedy coming your way.